Dave. How many dicks have Let you sucked? How Let many? Shut up a second and I'll tell you. Jesus, I didn't freak out like this when you told me how many girls you fucked. This is different. This is important. How many? Well? Um, something like 36. What? Something like 36? Who are you, boys? Wait, wait, what is that anyway, something like 36? Does that include me? Um, 37. I'm 37? They are currently not on my deletion list because they do have magic within them. Three, two, one. And here we go, 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 go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Not Another Nerdy Podcast, episode number 37. My name is Tom Van Zant, and I'm your host. With me, I'm a magical and my mental co-hosts. We have a very special guest filling in for Mr. 110% who couldn't be with us, and it is the man from across the pond, our good friend from the Aussie and the Palm show, Mr. Nate Appleby. G'day, Tom. How you doing, buddy? Not too bad. I've got my gummy worms ready, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> God, just keep them above your waist. That's all I ask. <laughs> Please, don't be inappropriate. I have, I have children in this place, so they won't be going uh, below my waist, trust right, me. Perfect. That's good to know. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. money and we have the man who brings the money. Mr. J. Money. Senior Bull. Nate Appleby. I knew you'd come. What's going on, money? Yo. So your cousin opted to do a fantasy football draft instead of recording a fucking podcast this week. That's not very nerdy. That's given 110%, though. Maybe 120 at this point. That's his version of 110%, I guess. <laughs> but that's okay, because we have a more than comparable, I would say even better, guest host. Dare I say better? I do say better. I dare and I do. Because Nate is the man. What's going on, Mr. Appleby? How's Aussie in the Palm? Well, good. When you were telling that we got someone better than D-Rock, I thought you got Russell on the show. No. But, uh, <laughs> no, Aussie and the Pom's going well. It's been, uh, we're up to episode 40 already. Can you believe it? That's awesome. I know Money wants us to catch up to you. He wants to be on the same numerical, the same number. Yeah, no, no cheating. That's what I said. What are we going to do? Two in a week? How are you going to do that? You can't do that. <laughs> so no five-minute episodes? I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we could do something like they did with their Game of Thrones chat and do like second episodes that we release on a Tuesday if I can get them edited, you know, but that's not going to happen. Let's be honest. I have enough. Those, I have a hard enough time getting this show edited and out within a week. <laughs> but they didn't count those in their numbers. Right. Those were no, separate we shows. Mm -hmm. No, we've almost got 60 different shows up on our feed. So wow. 40 plus 20 different ones. So Wow. Look at you. Yeah. You're busy. You're a busy man. Yeah, I don't know where I find the time, but <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Russ enjoys it. So, yeah, it's very good. Very fun. It's what I try to explain to the wife every time she says, What's the fucking point? It doesn't make us any money. It takes up valuable time that you could be doing other things that are more important. Why do you bother? 
And I try to tell her I enjoy it. It's it's like my own little piece of heaven, podcasting. Go figure. And she says, You just like it because it pumps your ego. But that's not true. We only have three listeners on this damn podcast. <laughs> so what the fuck? I mean, who am I talking to? I'm not, it's not an ego thing. I just Maybe I just enjoy the sound of my own voice. I can't argue with that. Well, here we are. Why don't, you just, why don't you just do what I do, Tom, and I just put my foot down and say, listen here, woman. Uh, you haven't met Mrs. Bow, my friend. There's, there's no. Yeah, hopefully, my, hopefully, my wife doesn't listen to this. There's episode. no. Put, there's no putting any foot down. I, I put my foot down, and she'll put her foot up my ass. That's what. That's what will be the next foot to drop. Then the gummy worms will fall out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. I actually keep the gummy worms up there to cushion the blow, just in case. You know? <laughs> Oh, God. I felt rather dirty after that episode last week, J-Money, as long as we're talking about gummy worms. I did. Feel... I really hope my family didn't listen to oh, that. Oh, man. That is an episode you do not want. To... I, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, if this is somebody's first episode, they are going to shut us off and be like, what the fuck is wrong with those guys? <laughs> I disagree. I reckon they listened to that magic that happened last week, and they will be waiting for it this week. Oh, man. And and instead, they get me. No, oh, that's even better. That's much better than gummy worms. Yeah, because then they'll see what an international flair we have. There you go. Someone yeah. all the way from Australia. Yeah, that I would actually at this point I would consider a friend. He's not just uh, he's not just a podcasting compatriot. He's not just a fellow member of the Nerd Podcast Mafia. I consider Nate and Russ and Dave our friends. I do as well. And likewise, I speak to you guys more than I speak to my actual friends there you Hobo, <laughs> at this point. So. so the bromance continues. No, we definitely consider those guys friends. They're great. I want to thank Farmer Mike for being on last week's episode. Shout out to Iron Mike. Great appearance as always. People were really into your arguing there at the beginning there, Jay Money. They, were <laughs> they weren't sure if that was kayfabe or not, and I had to assure them, oh, no, 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 that was real. Oh, really? I haven't heard anything about this. Oh. <laughs> you had some feedback, huh? I, I got some feedback, yes. Really? Yes, sir. I'm not going to lie. The thought crossed my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So. but that I was, like it. Yeah. No, that was, that was, I will vouch for money. He was legit pissed and mad at Mike. That was not. Rightfully so, too. Not a put on at all. Nope. So, so, Can I also defend my actions about kicking someone out of the, the chat? Yes, yes, you should have. He was a little out of control there. It wasn't just the fact that he put that last image up. And Tom, if I knew you put the video up, I'd probably kick you out as well. Right, right, It right. was the hour and a half to two hours leading up to that of just nonstop gifts. Yes, of, of, was just, of pissing. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> and it just got to me. I said, oh, fuck this. You're gone. Right. Yeah, I told and, him. I, yeah. Said, I said he was putting a timeout, and eventually he can come back, but he needed to cool off. He needed to be putting a timeout. So. I was so glad Nate took him out. In my, in my defense of the video, as I explained last week, or I tried to explain last week, the only reason I posted that video was I wanted Carly out of the chat. Let's face it, it's a boys club in there. And right. no offense to our significant others, they have no business in that chat. And it, I felt violated. <laughs> that Carly was in there. It was a violation of sorts. So I was trying to be super inappropriate and hope that she would take herself out of the chat. Not that I don't like her, which I'm sure now she thinks that's the case, but that's not the case. I love Carly. Who? Carly. Oh. Well, I don't know. Love's I, kind of a strong word. Yeah, okay. I, I, she, she's my favorite of all of Derek's 
girls and past and present and hopefully she's the future you know what i'm saying like i like her i hope she sticks around fair enough she gets the bow stamp of approval not that she's get invited to the wedding (laughs) i'm definitely not djing this one i can promise you that really why not (laughs) the first time i dj'd one of derek's weddings it didn't end so well i had fun yes you did (laughs) you came into your theme song we can talk about this because d-rock's not here but at derek's first wedding when they introduced all the groomsmen, Tom played my uh, Here Comes the Money song. <laughs> That's been his theme forever. That's why yep. it was a natural thing when we started the podcast that that was going to be his theme. He had that. I remember I, I remember I said to Tom, are you going to introduce me to my Here Comes the Money theme, right? And Tom was like, well, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> like, it wasn't even a question. No. Tom was already, he had already thought about it. Exactly. I had already our- lighted and ready to go. When I was getting ready to leave So Wizard and thinking about my podcasting future, I had already decided I was going to do a podcast with you guys, and I already had plans. Like <laughs> I had the name in mind. I already knew what, what I was going to do for the intros and stuff. Like I, I was thinking ahead. I'm always thinking ahead to the future. I've already got my next podcast name, and I've already got plans for that one, too. So, you know, don't feel bad, So Wizard. <laughs> Always looking ahead to the future. That's it, man. You always have to have a backup plan, you know? Kind of like a side bitch, you know, just in case things with your current lady don't work out. You always got to have that side piece just in case. Something to fall back on. Don't quit your job before you have another. Thank you, Jay Money. Thank you. I've always said that. (laughs) Anyway, all right, we're getting out of control here. Let's reel it back in. Nate, did you want to take a quick minute and just pimp all of your social media to Not Nation and let them know how they can become a full-fledged member of the AP Posse and find all things Aussie and the Palm? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Tom. You can find Aussie and the Palm on SoundCloud, iTunes. We don't do Apple Podcasts in Australia, but I think, what is it, Apple Podcasts over in America? You can find us there. You can find us on Twitter at Aussie underscore the Palm and we also have a YouTube account that no one goes to, so don't worry about that one. <laughs> oh, and we also have a Redbubble account that you can buy T-shirts and shirts and stuff and as stickers. well. Stickers, so. yes. And no one goes there either. So, yeah, <laughs> just stick to the stick to SoundCloud and iTunes and you'll find us easily. Awesome. Well, don't feel bad because no one goes to our YouTube either. We had Mike, Iron Mike, come on last week. He gave a great little Orlo update, Farmer Orlo or whatever that guy is. It, is that guy a farmer too? I don't even know, but Crazy Man Orlo, his neighbor. He's a hoarder. He's a hoarder. That guy gave us a nice update, posted up a video on our YouTube channel, and it's gotten like 15 views. Which is just pathetic because we definitely have, I joke that we have three listeners, but we have a hell of a lot more listeners than that. And the fact that it only got 15 views, it's pretty savage, actually. You guys out there listening to us, come on, man. This will, this will please you then, Tom. You're actually up to 28, so double what you expected. Oh, almost. look at that. We're gaining ground then. I Chances are it's just because I've watched it five times. I mean, I'm just bumping up my own numbers, I think. But I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. That guy, Orlo, he's a he's a maniac. I can't wait for up, more updates on that guy. That guy is going to replace the Pope as my new favorite, not another nerdy side character. We had a tweet today, actually, Tom, asking us when the Pope was coming back. Oh, really? Who tweeted about that? It was uh, Librarian Kate. Oh, all right. Well, you never know, Kate. The Pope could show up at any time. He's magical, that Pope. So stick around. Keep listening. You may hear him sooner than later, but as long as you're talking about tweeting, why don't you drop a little social media about Not Another Nerdy Podcast and let Not Nation know where they can find all things 
Well, thanks to Iron Mike, I officially changed our Twitter handle to Not Another Nerdy Podcast Version 1. No, you didn't. No, of course I didn't. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would eat up all of our Twitter characters every time we tried to tweet out something about the show. <laughs> We'd have a, a ha- hashtag new pod. We couldn't even it. spell podcast. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> Well, you can, of course, like us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash notpodcast1. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at notpodcast1. We are on Apple Podcasts, is what they call it in the U.S. of A, Earth, Milky Way, and we are on Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, YouTube. We are on Podknife. Leave us a five-star review, please. And we are also on the nerdpodcastmafia.com website where you can stream all of our episodes. You are so money, and you don't even know it. And you can find all of the other members of the Nerd Podcast Mafia, which include, we haven't shouted them out in a few weeks, so I'm going to shout them out, Fans on Patrol, Dork of All Trades, Cult 45 Movie Podcast, Aussie and the Palm, Dinner and a Podcast, Open All Powers, Superhero Speak, Geek Yogurt Podcast, Nerdtastic 4, and the So Wizard Podcast, as well as us, Not Another Nerdy Podcast. There's 11 of us in there. That's the Nerd Podcast Mafia. Check them all out if you can. There's a lot of good ones. So, all right, boys, let's get down to brass tacks. We have some nerd news to discuss. We're not talking gummy worms this week. We're not talking about Orlo and his crazy shenanigans. We actually have legitimate nerd news we're actually going to be a nerdy podcast this week, aren't we? Yes. So, Jay Money, I'm going to turn it over to you. Throw us well, the news. What do we got to discuss first? Well, Star Wars Episode Nine, the untitled sequel to Episode Eight, lost their director earlier this week. What? According to reports, it was a mutual split. Huh. <coughs> what does that mean? They mutually split. It's... uh. Colin Trevorrow? Trevorrow. Okay. That's how you say his name. He's uh, He was the director of Jurassic World. Right. And I think that's kind of how he made his name. Yeah, he's also he going to he's gonna be directing Jurassic World 2, I believe. No, he's just writing and oh, uh, producing okay. it. All right. So they, uh, well, yeah, they he's, mutually he's probably rights. He's probably not directing it because he was lined up to direct episode 9, the poor bastard. Now he's not going to be doing either. You're probably right. Oh, that sucks. So uh, I actually like this guy, so I'm kind of wondering what happened, and I'm a little bit worried now. They haven't even started filming Episode Nine. No, and I mean, they they just dropped the director of the Han Solo solo movie, or the two guys that were going to direct it. Yeah, but that was with good reason. Those guys were out of control. And then you also remember that they brought in a second director for Rogue One to help out with reshoots. But you'd never know. I mean, they, they managed to pull that movie out of their ass and executed it, so you, you can't tell that there were any issues. No, but I just wonder why this keeps happening. Makes you wonder what if is, she's hard yeah, to work well, with, that Kathleen Kennedy. Seems no, I do like she's hard to work. She jumps the gun and hires someone on the basis of Jurassic World, which if you go back and watch it, it's a pretty average movie. It's just got dinosaurs in it. So yeah. I think they made a mistake and they've corrected it early enough to not worry about it, so... Take a bit of heat now, but get the right director in for the next episode nine. Done. Oh, so you didn't like their choice? No, if you go back and watch Jurassic World, it's not a great movie. It's entertaining, but there's no depth to it like you'd probably want in a Star Wars movie. 
a lot of just dinosaurs eating people. And I think that they've made the right choice by getting rid of him now. Because I couldn't name another movie that he's directed, and obviously it wasn't going down the, the way they were hoping. Well, I will say that had he made Episode Nine Dinosaurs Eating People, I would have been pretty cool with that. I happen to be a fan of dinosaurs eating people. So I think, and so am I, and that's what did well. But I think, just watch it again, Tom, is what I'm saying. I know. Tell me that I'm- I, look, it's definitely a popcorn movie. It's not rocket science. We're not doing brain surgery in that movie. I get it. But it was a lot of fun. I did enjoy it. You know what it is? Maybe it wasn't even the director I need to give credit to. Maybe it's Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is just, he's a golden idol, isn't he? I mean, he just, whatever he touches, it just, he has a very fun attitude and he makes the movie fun. So maybe just bring Chris Pratt into episode nine and... Then I'll be happy. That's what we need to do. Here's a question for you, Tom and Joe Money. Do you think that with Brian Johnson directing episode eight, and he's probably a more serious director, do you think that episode eight's going down a more serious line? So they've had a look at episode nine and said, we can't go from Ryan Johnson to Colin, is it Trevorrow? Or Trevorrow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the difference. So it's probably more based on what Ryan Johnson has done with Episode Eight. It might be a more serious take on Star Wars. Yeah, I definitely think that because this is going to kind of mirror Empire, so I think it's going to be the more serious out of the three and the more darker. Well, all the more reason why the third one should be a bit lighter. No, I mean that's kind of what Return of the Jedi was. Return of the Jedi had a lighter feel to it. Maybe they didn't feel that he was going to make it lighter. Well, I mean, first of all, is Ryan Johnson really going super dark? Have you seen those fucking Porg things? I mean, does that scream dark and dismal to you? I mean, come on. (laughs) It screams misdirection. (laughs) Okay. I hope you're right, because I saw one of those things sitting on the dashboard of the Millennium Falcon in front of Chewbacca, (laughs) and I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, if that thing is going to be flying around the galaxy on the Falcon's dashboard, I'm just not going to watch this movie. It might just be a bobblehead. You never know. Yeah, maybe. It's a pop. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's an air freshener. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's hope so. Uh, But in saying that, have you seen the latest picture of Luke Skywalker all dressed in black? I have not. No. Oh, it's awesome. I've seen him in the white robes. Oh. Or the gray robes. I should. He looks like fucking Gandalf. His figure looks like Gandalf the gray. (laughs) I don't care. It's Star Wars. You You could have... Fucking Henry Winkler directed. I'll still love it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, maybe because uh, Ron, Howard. Ron Howard's. Yeah. So they'll have everyone from Happy Days direct a Star Wars. It'll movie. be the Happy Days Star Wars cinematic universe. Be awesome. <laughs> Who do you think is going to take over directing? I think oh, J- that's a good. Question. I think JJ should come back. That's nah, not gonna finish. Happen. Finish what he started. No, that won't happen. It probably won't, but it should. From what I've seen of episode eight, just the trailer and everything in the background that's happening, I'll let uh, Ryan Johnson just continue on. How about Christopher Nolan? You want dark and dismal? You want to keep going down that road? Let Christopher Nolan take over. Well, you know I like my dark and dismal. I know. I'm I'm happy with that as well. Yeah. And Christopher Nolan's a hell of a director. You just can't direct action very well. So don't let him direct direct the lightsaber duels, but he could do everything else. Well, all right, we'll get Christopher Nolan to direct everything else, and we'll get Zack Snyder to come in and direct the fights. I like that. <laughs> but have no input on anything else. Right. I don't have a problem with Zack Snyder directing action. I think he's very good at it. I reckon he's incredible. Character, I, I, character development, yeah. not so much, but he can definitely direct the shit out of a fight scene. Yeah, just look at Sucker Punch. Yeah. Look at 300, dude. 300 is... That movie's awesome. All right, boys. Yeah. The first one or the second one? 
I never saw the second one. The second one's excellent. I don't give a flying fuck. Leonidas isn't in it. I don't give a shit. I did the second one really well, and it fit in around the events of... Yeah, it was, at the same time, it was a prequel, a sequel, and a same quill. (laughs) Right, Nate? (laughs) Right, J-Money. It was. It was really cool. There was prequel parts, and then some of the parts of that movie took place at the same time as the first movie, Tom. Really? And then they showed like what happened after the first movie. It was a sequel. It was really? all three things at once. So do you see Leonidas yeah. in it? No, okay. dead. You see him dead. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very well. Done. It wasn't as good as Three Hundred, but it was still very a very good movie. Like while the big fight at the end of the first one is happening, this movie has another fight on a boat that's just on the river. Right while that fight's happening at the same time. All right. Yeah, it was really cool. Well, I guess I mean whatever. I'll check it out if it. Plus, uh, Eva Green, she's really hot. Yeah, gets quite naked in it as well. Yeah, she's like in every movie. She gets naked in everything. That's you've seen one Na- Eva Green movie. You've seen her naked. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, I'll check it out on that recommendation. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of the original, so that's going to be hard to beat. But anyways, what else you got? What other news we got to discuss this week? Well, you know, we all know about the Shazam movie, right, Tom? I know they're making a Shazam movie. And the front runner for the title character is none other than WWE superstar John Cena. Come on. I'm not kidding. I still think The Rock would have been. I mean, I know he's Black Adam, but he would have been great to play Shazam because he can do that goofy because Shazam's a little kid in a superhero body. So he needs to act like a goofy kid in an well, adult body. I know you don't watch much wrestling, Tom, but John Cena's character is just a big goofy kid. Right. He is really goofy. So I, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Why don't I just pick an actual actor and just make him go to the gym for a couple of months? Right. You could do that, too. You could go with D-Rock. Right. <laughs> no, I'm in actual weights, not, <laughs> not lightweight. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, look, look what they did to like Chris Hemsworth for Thor, and right. even Henry Cavill for Superman. They're massive now, but they weren't before. So True. I just say pick the best actor that they need for that part, and make him work out for six months. Right. Even Hugh Jackman, he wasn't always jacked like that until he started doing Wolverine. Yeah, he get he says he gets ready just for the pretty much one scene he's got his top off. Right. And then he relaxes after that. So he spends six months for that one scene. Mm-hmm. And then relaxes. So I don't see why they can't just get someone with that can act a little better. Right, than... acting ability. Yeah. Well, we'll see how John Cena does because he's going to be the uh, lead actor in the Transformers Bumblebee spinoff. Right. I thought he was going to be Bumblebee though. Isn't he just the voice? <laughs> <laughs> no, they already. Bumblebee doesn't talk. Tom, have you ever seen any of these movies? He talked originally. That's actually incorrect, Jay Money. He talked originally. He got his voice box damaged in the first Transformers, and that's why right. he couldn't talk. And he used to talk through songs. Right, but he still never talked. Right, but this is a prequel, so chances oh, are I see what you're he's saying. going to be talking in this movie. Oh, I see. I he, think they're going to do some joke where he still won't talk. I think that's stupid. Well, the whole thing takes place in the 80s. So. All right. Well, I love the 80s, and I actually have hopes for this movie, even though I think Transformers has gone off the rails as a franchise. But I'm hoping this can get back to form and just kind of reset the button a little bit. We'll see. Because I love Bumblebee. I love the character. Oh, I do too. But he's got to be done right, you know? Mm-hmm. 
You got to pay attention to the finer details, Mr. Michael Bay. If they don't use the uh, songs from the original Transformers animated movie, then I'm not even going to go watch that. That would be a huge mistake, especially <laughs> I mean, if it's based in the 80s. That would right. Be a it takes mistake. place in the 80s. They have to use those songs. And the original <laughs> noise when they transform. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it all How back. How did that guy tell him? <laughs> <laughs> So, so, Tom, now I have two quick hits from Sony. Oh, shit. I don't know that I want to hear them because Sony hasn't been thrilling me with their news bites. But All I, right, I'll skip No, them. no, it's okay. We need a show. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell me about them. <laughs> First, Sony, they have a release date for their live-action He-Man movie. Okay. December 18th, 2019 will be a live-action big-budget Masters of the Universe movie. Okay. Re- reboot, I assume. Yeah, no director or actors tied to it yet, but what do you think about this? Is the world ready for this? I know Afghani Dave's ready for this. 100% he is. He'd, look at, he'd, he'd be first in line to watch this movie. I mean, he, he would put that movie right on his Mount Rushmore. <laughs> he probably already has his ticket. What do you think, Nate? The problem I have with cartoons from the 80s that they make these days is they make them cheesy and for kids. Like Kids, aren't gonna, kids these days don't know what He-Man is. So let's have a He-Man that is dark and gritty Let's do an R-rated He-Man. That's Ooh. what we want to see. Wow. All right. I'm because done with that. Every every kid that watched it in the 80s is now 30 or 40 years old. So why are you going to make it for kids? I agree. I, but here's here's what I say you do. I'm okay with it being darker and grittier. But how about we make it PG-13? That way, the kids who all grew up and had kids of their own can bring their kids with them to see this movie and create new He-Man fans. I like that they, idea. I feel like uh, I feel like He Man is such a dead property. Like D Rock no. likes those figures and stuff, but other than that, I it's just been so long since there's been anything relevant to He Man. Exactly, which is why if they do a good reboot, and I agree with Nate, it should be darker and grittier and more adult. Skeletor should be actually scary instead of <laughs> He Man and goofy. No uh, Orko. No, I I think you could get away with having an Orko. You need the comic relief in a dark and gritty movie. You still need some jokes. So I think it'd be okay to have Orko and have Cringer and all those aspects, but just don't focus on them. Just have them be kind of a little bit of comic relief here and there and have the main theme of it and feel of it be your darker, grittier, spookier. Sca- I mean, Skeletor and his minions can be creepy as fuck. I mean, Beastman, they could make some really kick-ass looking, scary looking... Uh, exactly. Make them all goopy and gross and Creature of the Black Lagoon-like. Make mm-hmm. Beastman all ferocious and vicious and, and animal-like. And just go nuts and make some crazy-looking characters. And I think you're, you'd have something. Trapjaw. Trapjaw is a great character. You could have some real fun with this movie and still give us what Nate's looking for. Well, who's the guy? Tri- Triclops? Triclops, yep. Triclops, Man-at-Arms, you know, all those guys. Yeah, it's heaps of characters that they could use and make it awesome, I reckon. And have something in the movie where they say "Good Journey." I would love that. That would be hilarious. Yeah. And then we have the news that Sony broke that. Mm-hmm. This is for Tom because he's the comic book guy that's on the show this week. They, you know, how they're developing this other Spider-Man universe, like the Venom movie, the Silver and the Black movie, which is supposedly. Tied to the MCU, but not, yes. No, Spider-Man is not in these movies, Tom. Yeah, I know. Which Tom is, Holland will not be in any of these. Which is stupid. So It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. 
So now they're developing a Nightwatch movie. So let me ask you a question, Sony. This is for Sony. I'm asking Sony. You're going to have a Spider-Man universe without a Spider-Man character. How is that going to work? And at one point, are you going to reveal your Spider-Man character and who is going to play him if it's not Tom Holland? How is that going to work? There will be no Spider-Man in any of these movies. It's the dumbest fucking thing a movie studio has ever done. I mean it. I agree. I mean, how can you have Venom without Spider-Man? It makes no sense at all. Never mind Venom. How do you have Silver Sable? How do you have Black Cat? How do you have any of those fucking Spider-Man villains and no Spider-Man? How do you build a universe like that? Well, we're getting it. (laughs) It's the dumbest thing. I almost want to boycott every movie. I want to boycott every movie just on principle. Because even if it's good, because Tom Hardy is Venom. That's good casting. He's probably going to be really good. But I don't want to see it if it has nothing to do with Spider-Man. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. Wait till I tell you who is uh, attached to direct Nightwatch. Okay. So they're doing. that's what they're doing? They're doing Nightwatch? Yes. They're going to develop a solo Nightwatch movie. All right. So of all the characters, all of the great side characters and supporting characters in the Spider-Man universe, mm-hmm. they chose... To go with Nightwatch. Nate, have you ever heard of Nightwatch? No, I thought we were talking about Nightwing. But <laughs> oh, as soon as you said Nightwatch, I started. I, I drifted off. No, I, I never even heard of this character. I had to look him up on Wikipedia. But apparently uh, the director is going to be Spike Lee. Okay. So run with that, Tom. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's a character from the early 90s, yeah. Nate. And basically to what it... When everything I looked up, he's just like a Spawn ripoff. He looks exactly like Spawn. Okay. His ki- Did his Todd costume. Did create him? No, his costume is very Spawn-like. He's yeah. He that's where the similarities end, though. Other than okay. that, he's actually a doctor. He witnesses himself die. That's his origin, if you can believe this. His future self. He wit- witnesses himself die. And then takes the costume off of his dead self and becomes Nightwatch. It's a very strange... It's actually an interesting origin. It could probably go in a bunch of different cool ways. But it's just... It's not a character that deserves its own movie. And it's not someone we give two shits about. Like, there's so many other interesting Spider-Man characters I could want to see before Nightwatch. But he's never had any major impact on spider-man or anyone it's i i don't understand it i just don't get it he has had good? his own comic though right he did for a short period of time it didn't last very long though oh did he yeah up they gave him, he's definitely not someone you would put on your mount rush i'll get him up there <laughs> yeah I'm sure, I don't russ know. Would, I'm sure russ would put him up there i don't know <laughs> it's weird it's, uh, it's a strange it's a strange choice but that's so, what I'm, I'm just wondering if what Spike Lee is directing this, which I doubt. I'm just wondering if he had an idea that he liked this character so much and has a great story idea for him, and that's why they're making it. That would that, make sense. That's what I'm thinking because they have him attached to it, like right off the bat. Yeah, there, he's yeah. Spike Lee is directing this movie because Spike Lee wants some of that superhero money. Let's be honest. Superhero movies are the biggest thing right now. They make billions of dollars in the box office. And he wants his taste. That's why he agreed to do this. But if he actually looked into the character, he would say, 
why are you giving me this fucking character? Like, why doesn't he just do a Howard the Duck movie reboot? This character does not deserve his own movie. <laughs> and I love Howard the Duck, but he does not deserve his own movie. And neither does so maybe it was Spike. Maybe it was Spike Lee's favorite character growing up. You never know. And he's just so in love with the character that he well, wants to make this movie. I, I mean, Spike Lee's older than me, so he didn't grow up in the 90s. And that's when this character debuted, so I doubt it. But I don't uh, know. I feel like this movie, this is where the superhero thing could stop when you have movies like this. Well, Sony and Fox are doing a hell of a job of breaking the cycle of popular right. and and successful superhero movies. They're I just doing feel like after the Venom movie, it's Silver and Black, and this, and all these stupid X-Men no, I, stuff. No, I think the Venom movie's going to do well. You're going to be surprised with that. I think Venom Thanks. is a popular enough character, and enough people know about him, that that movie could do well. And that's going to be a hard R-rated. Especially with Matt Hardy. That, that'll do well. Matt Hardy? <laughs> <laughs> Broken Matt Hardy? <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful! Tom Hardy, sorry, I got Matt Hardy I, I on would, the brain. You know what? That would be really cool if Broken Matt Hardy was, was Venom. That, was Venom <laughs> or Carnage. <laughs> or he could be Venom and Jeff Hardy could be Carnage. Oh, that'd be amazing. I would see that movie. That would be the best movie ever. Vanguard yeah, 1. <laughs> yeah, but don't Sony have the rights to... Didn't Sony release Deadpool? So they're going all right. No, Fox. With the, Fox, Fox, Fox. Fox. Oh, was it Fox? Was it? I'll take everything back that I just said. Fuck Sony. <laughs> I've, I've, I've said uh, fuck Fox before because they tried to sue us <laughs> when I was on So Wizard. They actually sent us a cease and desist letter because we badmouthed their Fantastic Four movie and their director. Yes, that's a true story. Look it up. So I say fuck Fox, and now I say fuck Sony. I think you guys are out of your goddamn minds. I can't believe you're planning on doing a fucking Spider-Man universe with no Spider-Man involvement. And I can't believe you're choosing these half-ass, D-grade characters to base an entire movie around. Are you out of your mind? You guys are fucking nuts. That's it. They probably don't have rights to anyone else, so what's, what choice do they have? No, there's other, but there's better characters in the Spider-Man universe you could dedicate a movie to than Nightwatch. Give me a it fucking looks like, break. It looks like Nightwatch's comic went to issue 12. Exactly. <laughs> Let's throw $120 million at this character That's for a movie. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't had a comic book since, and it lasted 12 <laughs> issues. I mean, he's not, he's not someone who deserves his own movie. He's He's been in She-Hulk, though. I would rather see a movie about The Spot. Do you ever hear of the fucking villain The Spot? Spider-Man oh, villain? Oh, yeah. Okay. A movie about him would be more interesting to me than a Night Watch movie. This is a bad idea. I had that poster when I was a kid. Remember it had the old Spider-Man and the new Spider-Man split down the middle? Mm-hmm. Remember he had the red costume on one side and the black costume on the other side? Yes, sir. And they had all the villains. I remember Spot being on that. Mm-hmm. Spot was great. Was he, he even in more than one comic or oh, just sure. one issue? No, he was. He, stayed, he, he did stick around? He was around. He, I mean, he, right. wasn't, he didn't show up often, but I thought he was hilarious. He, he, do you know who Spot is, Nate? No, I've got no idea. Okay, he's all white. He's completely white with black spots all over him like a Dalmatian. And he could actually take the spots off his body and throw them into the air or on an object and create, like, a portal that he could then enter, and he could come out somewhere else. So he could take all those, a bunch of spots off himself, throw them around a room, and then he would jump inside the spot, right? 
and Spider-Man would be in the center of the room, and then Spot's fist would like come flying out of one of the holes and punch Spider-Man, and he wouldn't know where, and it, and it would trick his spider sense because he was coming from this alternate dimension, and it didn't set his Spider-Man sense. It didn't have time to register with his spider sense, so he never knew when the punches were coming. It was actually brilliant. I love that Spot. Sounds actually sounds like something I would actually watch. Exactly, he's interesting. Nightwatch is not fucking interesting. There's nothing interesting about that character. I think those twelve issues were some of the best issues of Nightwatch. So <laughs> don't bag out Nightwatch. Thank you very much. There were some <laughs> of the best issues, and they were some of the only issues. <laughs> some of the last issues. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they were the best of times. They were the only of t- for Nightwatch. All right. I guess they. Uh, well, I guess like later on, Spock kind of turned into a. Like a darker character, huh? Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Spot's cool. Check out, if you ever find in a back issue bin, an issue of an amazing Spider-Man or Peter Parker Spider-Man or any of those Spider-Man, old Spider-Man books from the 80s with Spot in them, pick it up. It's worth a read. It's fun. All right, what else we got? Anything? Yeah, Ben Affleck's uh, been said to not be in the Batman movie again. That's oh, ridiculous. Here we go. You mean be, besides after Casey which, Affleck which one, said it? Though? The Joker movie or the one without the Joker or the one with Harley Quinn the Joker? There's so many things going around with this Batman stuff. Yeah. I just like to listen to the actual stories, though, instead of third reports from other people. No, the latest story was that Ben Affleck hasn't actually signed on to the Matt Reeves Batman yet. Well, that's silly. I mean, isn't he locked into contract to do so many movies? I think yes. that movie doesn't take place in the regular universe either, right, Nate? No, it does. Matt Reeves came out shortly after that was posted that it wasn't, that he meant that he's going to solely concentrate on Batman mm-hmm. and he's not going to have any like cameos to further along the DCEU. So it, it's just going to be a Batman movie, but set in the same universe, if you know what I mean. Right. 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 It's not going to be heavily, heavy-handedly... Hey, look, Flash is Flash running around in the background and shit like that. I get it. Yeah, you know, like when you have Ant-Man, you have stupid cameos from, like, the Falcon and stuff. <laughs> right, right, unnecessary, yes. And So it won't have any of that stuff. So yeah. he, he came out and clarified his comments, and I brought this up because you know how I hate. Everyone reports the news on the Batman movies. On these clickbait sites. <laughs> yeah, on these stupid little websites that... Such and such reported such and such, and why can't we just wait? I know we all love talking about it, but why can't we just wait till like the studio actually comes out and says something, or an actual source like Ben Affleck says, "No, I don't want to do it anymore." Like that's actual news, not someone thinking that this is going to happen. It just drives me crazy. I agree. Or they make an announcement at Comic Con. Yeah. Well, but yeah, that's well, but that's the studio, so that's okay. He's saying that that's what he's looking for. He's looking for studio announcements, not some guy's hypothesis on some clickbait fucking nerd site. He's fucking trying to rile everybody up so they go check out his story, and he gets fucking advertisers to advertise with his site because he got a bunch of clicks for some stupid article he made up. Hmm. Yeah, because I watch, I watch a lot of Collider movie talk on YouTube, and they have reported about Ben Affleck not being on the movies about five times so he's off he's back on he's off he's back on they just look a bit foolish now like why don't you just wait and see what happens like i know it's their job to report news but when it's not actual news i think they just look stupid they just put on uh, one of their videos like a second ago right before you named their up collider i watch collider every single day i never even heard of it and i just 
was I'm on YouTube while I do the podcast looking at movie trailers, and I just one of their videos popped up. It's kind of funny. Well, there you go. Very good network. What I'll be recommending later. Well, I don't care. How about that? I don't care about any of this. If Ben Affleck doesn't want to do it, there's already been like seven different Batmans, so they'll find another guy to play Batman. I mean, I liked Ben Affleck's version. That's the one good thing about Batman v Superman. So I would like to see him stick around, but I'm not going to be heartbroken if he leaves because, A, he's like almost 50 at this point. So how much longer is he actually going to play the character? You're building a brand new superhero universe around a guy who's almost 50. Does that make any sense? Maybe uh, Matt Hardy can be Batman. There you go. (laughs) Robin, I knew you'd come. (laughs) Yeah, he's actually, yeah, he's 45 years old. Yeah. So look, I'm almost 45 years old. I shouldn't play Batman either. This guy probably shouldn't either, you know? I... I just think he's past his prime in terms of... I mean, he would have been great if they did the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns storyline and he was older Batman. He could have knocked that out of the park, but I don't know. I think it's weird that you're building this new universe with all these characters meeting each other for the first time and Batman's already been around for 25 years and he's had a career without any of the other DC characters. It's strange. And look at Tom Cruise yeah, doing his stunts. Look what happened to him. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's recasting I, a younger guy i'm fine with that i, I will uh, i will say that you will find out that nightwing will actually appear in justice league in some form and he will take over the mantle of batman at some stage i wouldn't hate that i'd be okay with that that's how i'm guessing it's going to go down mm-hmm. and i think yeah that's well, just that, a guess. I mean, he's getting his own movie so they're setting him up to be a big a big player in that cinematic universe so i'm just Maybe. so sick of batman i i, I can't I, I no more batman what do you mean no more just batman don't. I, I can go like twenty years without a Batman movie. You're out of your mind. Ah, I can go twenty years without an Ant Man movie. Yeah, here, here. <laughs> oh, here we go. Nate, <laughs> Nate, maybe in Ant Man and the Wasp, the Ant Man sequel, I might not have cunnilingus cancer. Maybe I can don the Ant Man suit once again and save my wife, that hot ass bitch, Michelle Pfeiffer. I do, I do like the casting of Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne. I'm a big fan of that. I'm a proponent of that because Michelle Pfeiffer is smoking, even at her age. She's a good I can't woman. wait for Ant-Man. She's a good-looking woman. So, and if Derek I, likes that better than uh, the first Captain America. He's an idiot. He's, he's fucking nuts. And if he was here, I would tell him that. There's no way Ant-Man is better than the first Captain America. He is fucking... He's high on gummy worms. He's nuts. <laughs> Tom, I, I don't know. Oh, sorry, I don't know if it was because it was Captain America, but I just didn't like that movie that much at all. Captain America? Yeah, I just thought it was overblown rubbish. But well, I really appreciate the first, one? The, the first one. Didn't like it. Loved the next two, but the first one just I it, watched it and I thought, honestly, what is this? Having watched it recently, it was a lot of setup. You could see it was a lot of setup for what they wanted to do in Avengers and down the line. That's all it was. So Yeah, I agree with that. I, I just didn't like it that much, and I, I'm sorry yeah, to I all mean, Americans. This, no, the story, it has nothing to do with him being Amer- Captain America. It has to do with the fact that it was a weak story, and the Red Skull did not live up to his full potential. That was a poorly executed adaptation of that villain. Correct. Yeah, it wasn't great, but it's better than Ant-Man. Give me a break. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. 
But I have Ant-Man as my worst MCU movie. Hell worse yeah. than the Hulk? I don't count the Hulk as an MCU movie. <laughs> it, no, is. it is. It was. It is. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. What about second worst? Okay. Iron Man 3. I, li- I don't mind it. No, you know what? I don't like the Mandarin aspect of Iron Man 3, but other than that, I don't hate Iron Man 3 as much as Ant-Man. I think Ant-Man is way worse than Iron Man 3. Nah, I, just... I, think, I think Iron Man 2 is worse than Iron Man 3. I like Iron Man 2. You could argue that Iron Man 2 is worse than Iron Man 3. I agree. Iron Man 2 wasn't really that. I mean, it introduced Black Widow, but other than that, what was great about it? I liked Whiplash. Nah, he was awful. That was a terrible villain. Terrible like motivation. Ter- you, that's why Ant-Man sucks so much. What a terrible villain. That guy was such a jack-off, and not in a good way. Like, I, If you're going to be a dipshit douchebag, then really sell it and be an evil dipshit douchebag. Well, all he was was the bizarro Ant-Man. Oh, he was just a punk jello jacket. He was jacket. just a rever- reverse Ant-Man. The fucking joke. Oh, don't get me started on Tom. Ant-Man. Tom. <laughs> Settle down. It could be worse. You could have cunnilingus cancer. All right. I think Iron Man 3 Hank is the Pym's only right. one I don't have on Blu-ray. Hank Pym's right. I need to settle down about this. I never even bought it on Blu-ray. Well, I have it. I have them all. I even have Ant-Man on Blu-ray, but it's not. It's, I mean, it's an MCU movie, so, you know, I want it in my collection. But it's, like Nate said, it's one of the worst. There's no doubt. You're both crazy. We're not. We just, just have an opinion. We just have superior intelligence. It's all. It's, it's not your fault, money. You were born the way you were born. D Rock loves Ant Man again. He was born the way he was born. It's not his fault. We rest our case. Yeah, he's wrong. <laughs> he was born all wrong. Right. It's you know, it's it's not the wild man's fault. The wild man's a legend, but his son, unfortunately, is not. <laughs> so, all right. What else we got? When we go to New York Comic Con, Tom. They are going we, to which premiere, is, which is in a few weeks. I might add, that's coming up fast, dude. Crazy. Um, they're going to premiere the Pacific Rim Two trailer at New York Comic Con, mm. and I wanted to know if either you or Nate are excited about this at all. I, for one, loved the first one. Thought it was cool. just a very popcorn movie, but I'm really looking forward to the second one. See what they do with it. I, for two, loved the first one, and the acting was horrible. Let's all be honest. The acting was terrible, but that was one of the things that was great about it. I almost feel like it was intentionally bad, poorly acted. I almost feel like they wanted it to be that way, and it worked. It was just, like Nate said, it was a big, stupid, dumb action movie. How can you hate robots fighting monsters? If you hate robots fighting monsters, you don't have a soul, and I have nothing to say to you. The worst part about Pacific Rim is the Australian accents. (laughs) My God, that was so bad. It was just like, there's got to be two Australian actors that could have filled those roles. Exactly. It was bad. It was laughable. But in saying that, like you said, Tom, big robots fighting big monsters. What what else do you want? You don't don't need anything else. I mean, (laughs) that's why I'm hoping and praying for a Voltron Defender of the Universe movie. Because if I get Voltron fighting row beasts... I don't give a shit who's in it. I don't give a shit what the story is. I don't give a flying fuck what happens. If I see a live-action Voltron lion robot with the fucking blazing sword tearing through row beasts in space, I'm just, I'm going to die satisfied. That's it. That's, nothing else needs to happen in my life. Well, screw Voltron. You're a fucking maniac. Never liked Voltron. What is wrong with you? Voltron was stupid. Do you have a penis? 
What, what does boy, that have to do with Voltron? What little boy didn't love Voltron? Me. I never. I barely watched it. I thought I was stupid. What are you, crazy? Oh. We've been through this before. I know, and it disappoints I, me every time. I, I much <laughs> prefer Robotech. Well, at least you like some robots. Voltron's amazing. So give me Voltron. Give me Pacific Rim 2. Give it all to me. I love it. Give me robots and monsters fighting. That's it. That's all I care about. So we're excited about this. Thing. I can't wait. Again, I'm so happy I'm going to be there because I'm going to get in that room and see that fucking thing when they debut it. And we'll be the only ones to see it. I like that. <laughs> don't get kicked out by filming it with your uh, not iPhone. No, don't worry. They're going to publish that shit on. It'll drop the moment after they release it at the Comic-Con. It'll Everyone else will see it, too. That's not one they're going to keep secret. I hope they keep it secret for at least a week. Eh, a couple days. You, you maybe be a cool day or two. We can talk about it on the podcast. You we know? are going to talk about it on the podcast, even if they don't show it to America. Well, they still haven't released the Avengers one yet, have they? No. No, and they probably won't. That's they, crazy. They, well, they never released when they showed the Age of Ultron footage at San Diego Comic-Con. That never hit the street. That never got out. And it probably should have, because that movie wasn't great anyway. Oh. <laughs> Seems like you really don't like the Marvel movies. It's Tom. not true. I just have high expectations of them. I have, I ex- I hold them to a higher standard because like Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. All right. Here's a question for you guys: Are you looking forward to the It movie? No, I don't care at all. Which is surprising because you're a big horror guy. Uh, it just doesn't does nothing for me. I don't care about it at all. I'm not a fan of kids dying, so. I have a problem with that aspect of it because I know little kids die in it. So I'm not looking forward to it, but I will see it eventually. But I have okay. I have a real fucking problem with anything that has kids dying. I'm not I I don't I just can't get into that. It's not my style, Nate. Like I'm looking way more forward to uh, Jigsaw. No, really. Oh, I cannot wait. I love the Saw movies. Yeah, I'm not a horror fan, but it sort of has grabbed me, and I feel like I really want to go see it in oh, the cinema. Yeah. I mean, they've marketed it brilliantly, but again, I kids, man. I just, especially now that I have kids. I mean, it always bugged me, but now that I have children of my own, it really bugs me to see kids die. I can't. Uh, but like Game of Thrones, I love that show with all my heart. But my two least favorite things about Game of Thrones is the Red Wedding when they fucking stab the fucking pregnant chick and kill the baby in her belly. And when they send the mountain to go kill all of Robert Baratheon's bastard baby children in their cribs. <laughs> I'm, I'm not okay with that. I just can't how, deal. How about in 300 when they threw the kids off the cliff? Yeah, I'm not okay with any of that shit. I don't. If they weren't perfect. It's just not not my thing. I'm looking much forward to Cult of Chucky than shit. Mm. I mean, it. <laughs> uh, that's definitely not for me. Right. Yeah. I just don't. That's just not my style of horror movies. So is that all we got for news money? That's all I got. Cool. Well, if you don't mind, I was going to, I was hoping Derek would be on this week because he could talk some comics with me, but I was going to do a little bit of co- a little comic book review segment. We haven't done one of those in a while and. I kind of teased it last week, so I wanted to do it this week. And I wanted to review Marvel Secret Empire. They finally released issue 10, which was the final issue in the series. 
and I have read through all 10 issues and, and also the free comic book day issue and issue zero. So I guess technically there's 12 issues, but I've read them and I was going to break it down and give you a review, let you know what I thought if you were so inclined to listen. What was it called again, Tom? Secret Empire. Okay, thanks. So what this is, is the storyline where they have revealed to everyone, much to everyone's chagrin, that Captain America has secretly been a Hydra agent all of these years. He's been a spy for Hydra, and this entire time, he hasn't really been Captain America. He's been Captain Hydra pretending to be Captain America. And the way they explained it was that the Cosmic Cube, which we all know from the Marvel Cinematic Universe as the Tesseract. It's one of the Infinity Gems. In in Marvel Comics, it's not one of the Infinity Gems, but it's an Infinity Gem in the MCU. But basically, the Cosmic Cube has the ability to alter reality. And in the comics, it becomes sentient and actually turns into this little girl named Kobik. And the Red Skull kind of takes her under his wing and convinces her that Hydra is good, and everything Hydra, everything should be Hydra. What Red Skull convinces her to do is create this alternate reality where Captain America is actually a Hydra agent. So she does, and they plant these seeds to make the readers believe that Captain America is an actual Hydra agent. And the way they mask it is they say that he was always a Hydra agent, but Kobik changed reality and made him a good guy, made him Captain America, even though he was technically always really evil. So all these years that he's been doing all these good things, it's because he didn't know. He was like almost a sleeper agent. And then he gets woken up, and then he's like, Hail Hydra, and he realizes he's a Hydra agent. So, of course, the comic book world went nuts because they've taken one of the most beloved characters and an iconic American patriot and then made him the bad guy. So everyone hated the poor writer for doing this. Uh, Nick Spencer, the guy who wrote the whole storyline, I think he was getting death threats at one point, if you can believe that. Like People went nuts over this. You guys remember this? You heard about this, Nate? Yeah, I heard about the news. It's a bit crazy for me, though. Like, I mean, giving the writer death threats because he's, <laughs> he's telling a story. I mean, do you think that might be a little over the top? A little bit, yeah. Considering, like, if you don't like this story, just don't buy it. Yeah, don't read it. Just go, 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 go back and read the the old episodes. Exactly. Like, there's issues, sorry, not episodes. I mean, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie to you. I wasn't a fan of the idea. You know, I love Captain America. The, the idea that he was really a Hydra agent didn't appeal to me, but I was intrigued enough, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna buy Secret Empire, and I'm gonna see what it's about. And I did. I followed the whole storyline. So. Captain America is a bad guy. He takes charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then the ch- this is where it gets crazy. The Marvel comics have basically started to integrate everything from the Marvel movies into their comic books, which you knew was going to happen. So now the Chitari are like a big player and, and an actual alien villain race in the comics. So they're coming to Earth and attacking... Earth because somebody has taken the Chitari queen and all of her eggs and hidden them on Earth. So the Chitari hive mind is sending wave after wave of aliens to attack Earth and retrieve these eggs. 
Now, there's a defense shield that Captain Marvel actually had a hand in building, and this shield is surrounding Earth to protect it. Well, what happens is <laughs> Captain Hydra, a.k.a. Captain America, uses the shield as a way to get Captain Marvel and Quasar and all of the most powerful Hyperion and all the most powerful heroes of Earth outside into space and then he closes the shield on them and traps them outside so they can't stop him from his agenda of taking over. It's actually kind of brilliant, if you ask me. <laughs> so that aspect of the story, I kind of I dug that. So he does that, and then he takes over, um, like, martial law. They, they give him the keys to the castle, so to speak, because he's the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. They say, you need to take command to deal with all of this, all these problems. And he's like, okay, I will. And then he reveals his true colors brings in all the Hydra forces, they take over. It becomes a fascist state. He goes crazy, and he actually obliterates Las Vegas to uh, show his power and, and basically subjugate everyone and make them fear him so that they won't try to fight back. So that goes on in the first couple issues. So then as time goes on, the heroes finally gather that the Cosmic Cube has been spread out. Okay, It's been scattered across the planet and the only way to stop this and make everything right again is to collect those fragments of the cube reassemble the cube and then reverse what Kobik did to captain america and fix all of reality so iron man who's not iron man he's a hologram at this point he's he's iron man ai because apparently tony is dead or or incapacitated so there's a hologram in the iron man suit pretending to be tony stark <laughs> right <It's> just, <laughs> right tom i just am curious is the fantastic four in this at all okay i'm getting to that <laughs> all right sorry Jesus Christ. so here's what they do they have holographic iron man they have his new counterpart the uh, young black girl iron heart who is like the new iron man she's not a hologram right she's real okay okay <laughs> They have her. They have a bunch of young kids, including Miles Morales, Spider-Man. And these kids are going to help save the world. So there, there's this little faction of people. There's uh, it's, I've learned so much from reading this because I haven't been following Marvel Comics straight, like Avengers and all that. So I didn't know the Hulk is dead. Okay, spoiler alert. Hawkeye killed Bruce Banner during the Civil War II. So Hulk is dead. So there's a new Hulk... Who's, what about She-Hulk? She's not even a factor. She's not involved in this. You don't see her. So, th But there is another Hulk. There's this Hulk, Amadeus Cho, who's this young kid who is the new Hulk, and he has full faculties. He's smart Hulk. He you know, has all the best aspects of Hulk, plus he still has his mind. So, What but, color is he? He's green. He's green. So, <laughs> But anyway, so Bruce Banner's dead. I, I learned this, and I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. And then Peter Parker Spider-Man isn't a player in this. It's Miles Morales Spider-Man. I'm like, okay, fine. But all these characters you would expect to see, you don't see. Because they're either dead or just missing in action. And they never explain why. During the whole thing, they're retrieving all these little fragments of the cube. And Hydra, of course, is chasing down fragments of the cube. It felt like a G.I. Joe episode. It was like G.I. Joe and Cobra both trying to find the Weather Dominator pieces you know, to compile the and build the weather dominator, get the pieces before the other one did. So they're racing around the globe, 
One of the cube pieces is in Antarctica, and Ultron has it, but it's not Ultron anymore. Now it's Hank Pym has melded with Ultron. So it's Ultron's body with Hank Pym's face. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? I don't that even, was my thoughts as well. What the I, fuck is happening? I don't So so listen, so listen, <laughs> Nate. I'm now merged with Ultron. They had to actually graft my head onto Ultron to save me because I had cunnilingus cancer. Is this the regular Marvel universe? Yes, this is true. This is actually what's going on currently in the Marvel. What is it? 616? 616, yes. So Ultron and Hank Pym are one in the same. Hank Pym's faces on Ultron. Google it if you don't believe me. So they go to Antarctica to convince Ultron slash Hank Pym to give them the piece of the cube. He ends up having this fit with Tony Stark baits him and they get into a big huge argument and then... I thought Tony Stark was dead. Okay, excuse me. AI Tony Stark. So basically Tony Stark took his brain pattern and created an artificial intelligence like Jarvis in the movies with his personality so he's dead but he's not dead he's basically a hologram at this point but he's still in the suit so the suit is still there's still an iron man suit it's just piloted by a holographic computer it's so weird the whole thing's fucking weird just ignore all that tom just 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 quickly have you noticed that hank pym as Ultron looks very much like Cyborg from Justice League. He looks exactly like Cyborg from Justice League, and the entire time I'm reading it, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm like, why are they doing this? This is a bad idea. This is a terrible idea. So, anyway, they they end up, the good guys compile their pieces of the cube. Hydra gets their pieces of the cube. Hydra gets most of the cube, so they actually assemble it, and it's almost whole and complete. So here's my biggest problem with Secret Empire. You've got 10 issues to tell this story. Major story points occur outside of the main Secret Empire 10-issue book. Because Marvel likes to do this. They like to tie in you know, their regular monthly titles into the main event. And I'm all for that. But you don't have things occur in the side issues. Like when they did Civil War, the first Civil War the cyborg Thor killed Goliath, and that was like a big thing. That was a big, huge thing when it happened. That didn't happen in a side issue. It happened in the main Civil War book. Then they dealt with Goliath's funeral in a side issue, which is what you should do. So you don't have a main story point happen outside of the main title. I'm reading the book, and things all of a sudden don't make sense to me. I'm like, where did... Wait, they were there. Now they're here. Black Panther had the fucking cube piece in Wakanda, and he was refusing to give it to anyone. Now, all of a sudden, Hydra has it, and Black Panther is captured. How did that happen? Where did that happen? So, Tom, this would have been like in the original Secret Wars if Doctor Doom took over the Beyonders' powers in like and they a didn't show issue it. of Ant-Man. Right, and they didn't show it. Exactly, right. Money. I couldn't have put it better myself. That's exactly what it was like. And I'm reading the main book going, I paid $4.99 an issue for these books. I mean, they were expensive. I want the whole story if I'm going to pay $5. I don't want to have to buy a side title to get the whole story. And here's the other mistake they made. You know how I was complaining when I did a review of Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man and I said that writer kept using those little editorial bubbles and he was overusing them? Yeah. 
they didn't use any in this fucking series, and they could have benefited a lot by using them. It's one extreme to the next. That book, too many. This book, none or not enough. Because what they should have done... Maybe maybe they have a quota, and (laughs) the other book used them all. They used their editorial bubble quota in in Spectacular Spider-Man, so they couldn't use them in Secret Empire. But what they should have done... Yeah, they're all over... They're all over the head office going, geez, this new guy's just bloody wasted all our bubbles, so we're yep. going to come up with something else. <laughs> but they didn't. That's the problem. They didn't come up with anything else. What they should have did was use those editorial bubbles to tell me, okay, this part of the story that you're curious about happened in this issue of Black Panther or this issue of Avengers or this issue of Captain America. They don't do any of that. So you're just reading the story and things aren't lining up and you're like, what the fuck happened, and when did it happen, and where did it happen, and you don't know because they didn't bother to tell you. It's fucking awful. Big drop the ball. Whoever the editor is on this book, I wish I had the book in front of me. I would call him out publicly on the podcast. Whoever was the editor of this book, you fucking failed me, my friend. That would have been such a simple thing to do, and guess what? I probably would have bought some more books because I would have liked to have seen them take over Wakanda and capture Black Panther and get that cube piece but I don't know where it happened, so I'm, and I'm not going to go search for it. Fuck you. There was three different editors, Tom. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, well, they all suck. One, well, maybe uh, that's the problem. You're telling me three. three different people couldn't have said to themselves, hey, maybe we should put in these books where this happened so the reader who's only reading the main Secret Empire title can follow along if he wants and figure out what's going on. If he or she wants, you know, I mean, what the fuck? So that's my big, huge negative with the series right there. Anyway, I'll wrap it up. I'm not going to go issue by issue. So what happens at the end of the whole thing, Bucky, of course, comes back. Of course, it's got to be Captain America's best friend who comes back and saves everyone, right? So Bucky comes back with the major plan. And the major plan is we are going to trick Captain Hydra in order to gain control of the cube and to right this wrong. They... Take the last fragment that they have, because Sam, actually, uh, Falcon, a.k.a. the new Captain America, had the last piece of the fragment, and they send him before Captain Hydra, and he basically gives him the piece. He just hands it over. And at this point, Captain Hydra has a big Iron Man-like suit with a big star where the reactor bubble is, you know, on Iron Man. It's a big lit-up star, and inside the star is the Cosmic Cube. He's got it. He's got the... Thing in his chest plate. Sam gives him the last piece of the cube, and he says, thank you, Sam. I'm glad you've come around, you know, finally, because <laughs> he thinks he's down with the Hydra thing. He takes the piece of the cube, and he goes to put it inside of his chest, and at that moment, Ant-Man, who shrunk down to the size of, yes, an ant, he grabs Bucky, and they fly Right when he opens the little star to put the piece in, they fly in with the piece and get inside his chest plate. Ant-Man drops Bucky off inside the cube and then gets out of there. I'm not sure how that happened. Don't ask me. He, he had to fly in at that exact moment, but he was able to get back out of the suit somehow. So <laughs> Bucky is inside the cube, and Captain America's conscience, or I should say Steve Rogers' consciousness... The real Steve Rogers, you know, the good guy Steve Rogers, is inside the cube. He's trapped. And that's why this Captain Hydra guy is taken over. So Bucky knows this somehow, and he reaches in to the cube and pulls out Captain America's consciousness. And you think to yourself, oh, cool. So 
what's going to happen is Captain Hydra is suddenly just going to become Steve Rogers, Captain America again, and he's going to stop acting like an asshole. Well, no, that wouldn't be interesting, Nate. That wouldn't be a good way to end it. So what do you think they have happen? Well, I'm completely confused at this point, so I'm going to just let you explain. Okay, so Captain America's consciousness comes out of the Cosmic Cube and manifests as another Captain America. So now you have... Of course. Of course. Because he's got to fight himself, right? You've got to have Captain America fight evil Hydra Captain America. It's got to happen. It can't happen on a subconscious level inside the cube. It's got to happen in real life so everyone can see it happen. So like Superman 3. Exactly. So now, inexplicably, Captain America has two bodies. Because Captain Hydra is the Captain America body. The original Captain America body. But now they've created, through the cube, another Captain America body with Steve Rogers in it. And now they're going to fight. So they do. They fight. And since they can't, like, spend an entire issue fighting, uh, Nick Spencer basically tells you what a grand, amazing battle it was. (laughs) And it takes place over a few panels, but he's telling you how epic it is and how they're matched so evenly because they're both Captain America, right? And then what happens at the end is Thor's hammer has been sitting on the ground because what I forgot to tell you was earlier on, Captain Hydra picks up Thor's hammer because he's worthy and he's able to lift it and use it. Don't ask me how. So Thor's hammer is on the ground and Captain... But where's H- Thor? Exactly. Isn't it... It's Valkyrie now, right? It, well, it's it's actually Jane Foster is the new Thor. She's female Thor. Oh, okay. Okay. But she's in trapped in some other dimension. They, Like I said, <laughs> basically... Captain America Hydra dispatched all of the big hitter, heavy hitters that could oppose him. He locked most of the cosmic ones out into space beyond the shield so they couldn't get in and disrupt what he was doing. And then like all the magical ones like Doctor Strange, he trapped in like a dark bubble around New York with the Defenders, I might add. The Defenders were there. And oh yes, Claire Temple, the night nurse from the Defenders TV show and all of the Marvel TV shows. She's now in the Marvel Comics as one of the Defenders characters. She was right mm-hmm. there. She was right there with them. And I'm thinking and to myself, Jesus Christ, how heavy-handed what a, is and this? And what about Fantastic Four? Well, I, I'm getting to that. All right. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. Yeah, well, you're going to keep waiting. Because I'll tell you who didn't play a big part in this storyline. The X-Men and the Fantastic Four. You I'm reading the, uh, you know, about it online. Yeah. You're right. There's no X-Men. No. Well, unless you count Deadpool. Well, Old Man Logan shows up at the very end, but that's, that's pretty much it. And you get, Deadpool was in it, though, Deadpool right? was in it, and he was a Hydra agent. And then you get uh, Punisher was a Hydra agent. That was kind of cool. You get The Thing. That's it for the Fantastic Four. That's the only Fantastic Four member you see. Oh, yeah, right. I'm reading that right now. Yep, that's it. But anyway. Hercules, so, Quicksilver. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of side characters you don't give two shits about. So the Thor hammer is sitting there, and at the very end of their battle, because they're so evenly matched, they're going to just decide, well, whoever can pick up the hammer is going to be worthy and, and win this battle. Captain Hydra goes to pick it up, and what do you think happens? At he the, can't. At this point, he can't for some reason, even though he was worthy before and he could. Now he cannot. He can't pick it up. And, of course, our boy, clone Captain America, I'm going to call him because he now has a, a second body. He is worthy and picks up the hammer and then uses the hammer to smash Captain Hydra in the face, shattering all of his armor off his body. And basically, they don't say whether or not he kills him, but he's laying on the ground and you assume he's dead. 
I think it'd be interesting if he's not dead, because then this Captain Hydra character could go on to become a villain, and maybe they could do some more interesting, and by more interesting, I mean more interesting stories than this Secret Empire. But who knows what's going to happen. So that's Secret Empire in a nutshell. Everything's back to status quo now. Oh, and the Black Widow's dead. That's the one thing they did do. Captain Captain Hydra killed her, and they had her funeral, so apparently she is dead, at least until they decide to change that, which they obviously will. Yeah, they can't have a movie character dead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Overall, out of five, I give it a three. It was somewhat interesting. It had some cool moments, but the payoff was a letdown, and the whole... Having Captain America fight himself in physical form was just that that was just too much. They you lost me there, Nick Spencer. I'm sorry. I understand why you did it, but man, was that just so over the top and too just too much. Couldn't deal. So All right, here's a question I got for you, Tom. After yeah. reading it, will you or won't you be sending death threats to the writer? No, I won't. I, I no no comic book story has ever motivated me <laughs> to want to threaten someone's life. I'm not that. I, look, I'm passionate about comic books and these characters, but I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm not passionate enough. Nate, maybe. there's never been a Spider-Man story that you wanted to kill the writer over. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the Clone Saga, but I didn't want to kill anyone over it. I knew it was eventually going to fix. That's the thing with comic books; they eventually course correct. It eventually right. fixes what's wrong so it's just a story and that's why i gave secret empire a shot because even though i don't agree with captain america being a hydra agent i knew it wasn't going to stay status quo i knew they were going to fix it and they did probably shouldn't have taken 10 issues to do i mean (laughs) but they got 50 dollars of my money that way so good for them i guess i'm the asshole (laughs) correct so that's my review of Secret Empire. I, wait for it to come out in a trade paperback. Don't spend $50 on it. It wasn't worth $50. $5 an issue. You guys are fucking high. And then I was pissed because like they, they've been giving you the digital codes to get the digital comics again. Don't you know my issue 8 didn't have a digital code in it? I'm like, you motherfuckers. I paid 5 bucks and I don't even get a free digital copy. What are you complaining about? We pay like 6 $7 a comic over here. Well, so you're nuts. Your that's insane. That's crazy. Crazy talk. Yeah. So that's my little comic book segment. Sorry if I went on long there. but Was I, it just a glitch that you didn't get the code? I'm assuming. It looks like... It doesn't look like somebody peeled it off. It looks like maybe it just didn't get affixed to the page when they printed it. So yeah. I, I'm not... It's just annoying because now I'm going to have the digital copies of the other nine issues and this one issue I'm not going to have, which is annoying. It doesn't matter. I have the physical comic, but... Right. So that's it. That's comic books, the unnamed, untitled comic book segment. I still haven't found a name for it. I don't want to say, I don't want to call it Comic Book Corner because that's dinner and a podcast thing. How about you call it Corner for Comics? <laughs> All right. I'll just do a little switcheroo on them. Yeah. Look, on our podcast, we just steal all the good stuff and just rename it. So. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got, boys. What do you say we do some recommendations and wrap things up since D-Rock never joined us? That bastard. Sounds good. Mr. Appleby, what would you like to recommend to Not Nation out there? Oh, I'm going to recommend a YouTube show called the Collider Schmodown Trivia Show. Collider Schmodown? Yeah. Okay. It's a They do a bi-weekly quiz on their channel, and they, they set it up as 
the people that are doing the quiz have backstories. It's a bit like the wrestling. Right. So whoever they're, whoever they're challenging in a particular trivia contest about movies and it's just movies, they, they have backstories that lead up to it and it's really well done with the guys over at Collider. So I would recommend that to you guys. All right. Well, we, you know how we are about wrestling. So if it's wrestling, if it has a wrestling feel, we'd probably be into it. That's actually my uh, recommendation this week, Tom, is a wrestling recommendation. Well, go for it. If you have the uh, WWE Network, check out the May Young Classic. And what this is, is May Young was a WWE wrestler. She died in 2014 at 90 years old. And so they're having a 32-women tournament named after her. And this is all the WWE Network, all the matches. There's eight episodes. And then, like I said, it was a 32-woman tournament, and it was down to two final wrestlers. And that match is going to be live on the network on September 12th. Hmm. And they will crown the champion of the May Young tournament. All right. And uh, none of these women wrestlers are on the main roster of the WWE. A uh, few of them have been on NXT, but most of them are all just independent wrestlers from all different areas of the world. Actually, they break it down by country. Cool. Hmm. And it was, uh, they even had a female, the first ever WWE female referee that refereed the message. Really? Well, that is interesting. That's the first time that's ever happened? Yes. That's pretty cool. So Do you think, it they're, was, trying to, uh, think they're trying to cash in from the popularity, popularity of GLOW? It's possible. It's possible. But uh, they've really, in the last few years, they've really uh, supported the women wrestlers more. Like, they used to call them divas. The title even used to be the divas title. And then they changed it to the women's title. So they don't call them that anymore. So they really put a lot more emphasis on girls that can wrestle as opposed to like just models they picked out of a catalog and said, here, we're going to teach you like four moves. What's wrong with calling them divas? They're, they're women wrestlers now. Yeah, but divas was kind of a fun name. I mean, what, it's, I, what they felt it was derogatory? Yeah. Do you think it's derogatory? I did. Really? I like it. I like it much better now that they're women wrestlers. Hmm. Because when they were the divas, like I said, they would just pick these models out of a, you know, a swimsuit catalog, and they'd ask them, "Hey, do you want to be a WWE wrestler?" And they'd teach them a few moves and just throw them on TV, and the matches would be like two minutes long. But now, all these women in the Mae Young Classic have been wrestling for years and years. Okay. And. Well, just, you know, I'm not going to say any of them are ugly, but they're not all like, they're not, they're models. Not, they're not divas. Right. They're not. Yeah. Fair enough. There was a few that I follow really closely, like on Twitter and stuff like that, that were in this tournament. So it was really interesting to me. Cool. And I know D-Rock's been watching it as well. Maybe so that. if you want to see some, if you want to see Glow, but some awesome wrestling, yeah, check it out. The May Young Classic. Awesome. So my recommendation this week, boys, I, I've been recommending it, but I'm going to recommend it again this week. And I'm actually, I'm going to recommend it with a friend of mine that somebody was asking about. So I'm recommending the TV show Preacher, which is on AMC. If you haven't been watching this show, it's been entertaining. It's been, I mean, if you're a fan of the comic, just forget about it. It's not the comic, okay? It's never going to be the comic. What they've basically done is taken certain characters and plot points from the comic and then just decided to tell a totally different story with those characters and plot points. So Does Nate get AMC in Australia? Do you, Nate? No, we don't. 
How do you watch Walking Dead? I'd rather not say. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you don't have to. I see what he did there. Yeah, that's fine. Well, maybe whatever way you use to watch Walking Dead, you could use to watch Preacher. Because I'm, I'm going to admit, season one, not great. I wasn't a fan. And part of the reason I wasn't a fan is I had a real problem with the fact that it was just so different from the comic. Because I love the original Garth Ennis Preacher comic book. Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite books of all time. So, yeah, it was as a fan, I was pretty disappointed, but I've gotten over it. I've learned to let go, and I've learned to take it for what it is, and now I'm enjoying it. So I'm recommending it to you, and I'll tell you, a friend of mine over here who, who doesn't recommend it. This is the Pope. This preacher TV show. The church does not condone what they do with this preacher show. And the Pope on this preacher show is blasphemy. This Pope is not the real Pope. Fuck this Pope. Whoa. <laughs> Your eminence. Jeez Louise. That's... Please forgive me for it. This outburst, I, I've never heard you curse like that before. I apologize for my language. God forgive me. I will do 25 Hail Marys when I'm done with the podcast <laughs> to make up for this, this blasphemy act. But it had to be said. In fact, it has to be said again. Fuck this Pope wow. on the preacher show. And may God have mercy on his soul. All right. Well, that was fired up, Pope. That is, uh, I've never seen him like this before, folks. He's uh, he's pretty mad. I've never heard him like this either. Yeah, he gets fired. Well, hey, when there is a pretender pretending to be the Pope, that's a big that's that's blasphemy, my friend. That is that is the highest form of blasphemy. So of course he's going to speak out about it. He's not going to stand for that. But yeah, the the Pope is on the preacher show. It's pretty awesome. Hey, Nate. Hey, money. I've been watching these Collider videos here. They could have got some better looking girls. But money. Maybe they should hire all the divas that the WWE has let go of. Uh, just quickly, money. They have a rot- rotating panel of females on these shows. Yeah, I, so I, w- I wouldn't judge too quickly. There are some very, very good women oh. on that show. Okay. Who cares as long as they know what they're talking about? There's nothing worse hey, than I've ho- already taken Nate's recommendation. I've been watching these videos all night. There's nothing worse than a hot chick who pretends to be nerdy and actually knows nothing about what she's talking. That's far worse. I would rather an ugly nerdy girl who knows her shit. Like Kerrigan Remember? Taylor going out for Force Friday. She did not. Yes, she did. Oh, my God. You went out for Force Friday, didn't you? Yep. Oh, shit. We should have talked about God damn it. No, she was uh, tweeting about it. Awesome. Well, oh, I thought you guys went together. Because aren't you dating? <laughs> uh, no. Gordon and I oh, are Mike. Gordon and I are Mike, they are. Um, Mike got me confused last week. Sorry. Derek and, and Money both went out for Force Friday. I, I actually had to sit out Force Friday this year, which is a bummer, because I went two years ago when they had it, and it was a blast. But unfortunately... Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't go from at midnight. I couldn't, but I went right after work, and right. then... Later on that night, me and D-Rock had a drive to the airport, so we hit a bunch of stores on the way to and from the airport. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to sit out this year because we are so close, so close to going to New York Comic Con that 
I would have spent all of my money I have saved up for New York Comic Con on Star Wars toys if I had gone out for Force Friday. At least, I know I would have bought a couple Lego sets. So there's no way I could go out for Force Friday. I had to show some self-control for once. I did too. I only bought a few and a couple of the uh, six-inch Black Series figures. Yeah, a few figures. Yeah. There wasn't that much out there that I'm interested in because I'm not interested in the Legos or like the big vehicles and stuff. I just want the figures. Yeah, I don't care about the figures. I want the Legos. So yeah, see, you're the opposite Tom, of me. Yes, did sir. you see the seven and a half thousand piece Millennium Falcon? Oh, did I see it? I've been having wet dreams about it. <laughs> and then I found out the price of it, and I am unfortunately not going to fulfill my wet dreams. I wonder if Doctor Bill's going to no, buy it's, that. I think it's eight hundred, Nate. It's eight hundred U.S. That. dollars. That's nuts. I'm not uh, spending almost a thousand dollars on a Lego set. And if I did, like, if I want my wife to divorce me, that's the way to do. That'd it. be the way. Yeah. There's <laughs> no doubt in my mind. She puts up with my Lego obsession to a degree. She was willing to name our son after Legos, but there is no way in hell she's going to let me spend almost a thousand dollars on one single Lego set. What you need to do, Tom, is have, like, when you win on a scratch ticket, put that money aside so she doesn't know you have it. You're not married. You don't understand. Well, I know, but I've worked with married guys, and I see what they do. All right. You don't get it, money, because then he'd have to explain what money he spent on the scratch ticket as well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I get an allowance, pretty much. I, (laughs) I work. She gets the direct deposit right into our joint account, and she handles all the money. She's the woman who brings the money in this relationship. Well, that sucks. It does and it doesn't. Because let's face it, money, you know, you've known me for 20-something years. I'm not exactly responsible with money. <laughs> Just look at Tom's Watto statue. Exactly. So Tom's Watto statue, if it taught us anything, it taught us that Tom should not have a lot of cash at his disposal because he's going to spend it on frivolous and stupid things. And yes, Watto, I'm talking about you. Frivolous and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been very active on twitter lately yeah he has <laughs> yeah yeah tom has uh, or he has. it is not me i i've already bet my entire comic collection it's not me if that doesn't prove anything i don't know what will so. it's just proving that you'll never admit to it no i'm telling you i'm gonna find out who it is i have my theories all right well my theories always change yeah they do the new theory is that it's joey and i'm actually almost on board with that because Watto was taunting Joey and the whole So Wizard fake rivalry thing between he and I that he's not wanting to be a part of. And he's blocked me on Twitter and all of social media over it, but he, for some reason, hasn't blocked Watto. And in fact, he has continued to like all of Watto's... I mean, if you go through Watto's tweets, So Wizard and the Nerd Podcast Mafia Twitter, which Joey runs, by the way, in case you didn't know, they all like Watto's tweets. Why would he be bothering to do that? If he's trying to annoy me, it ain't going to work because Watto doesn't annoy me. I think Watto is actually kind of funny. But and that's the reason that I don't think it's Joey. Really? Yeah, because oh. the tweets are actually quite funny. Right. <laughs> and that's it. That's going to do it for this episode of Not Another Nerdy Podcast. On behalf of my magical and metal co-hosts from the Aussie and the Palm Show, Nate Appleby. And I've been the Aussie. And I've been Mr. 110%. <laughs> you definitely have. Definitely this episode, no doubt. And the man who brings the money, Mr. J Money. And I've been the Palm. 
palm wannabe, maybe. <laughs> Nobody's the palm but Russ. Russ is the man. You cannot break what has already been broken. That's true. My name is Tom Van Zandt. This has been Not Another Nerdy Podcast, episode number 37. 37? I'm 37? She sucked how many dicks? Until next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> See ya. Bunch of savages in this town. Exactly. 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. In a row?